Episode 183, How to Not Kill Anyone This Pesach. Okay. Hello, my friends. Um, You get what I mean by the title of this episode, right? Whoever that person is that you might kill. <laughs> you're not Obviously, no one's going to be killing anyone. But whoever that person is that you struggle with, that you're going to be spending all the extra time with, or maybe not that this ever comes up in coaching calls, but like you kind of expect your husband to be a little more helpful or a little more this or a little more that. And the way he runs the Seder, or he is with the kids or the in-laws or your parents or your siblings, or your sister-in-law, whatever, whoever. My job here, my goal here is to help you not kill them the whole Pesach. All right. So I'm going to teach you. And let's just say like with your eyes internally, with your soul, or actually literally, um, I'm going to give you my four tools for the people that we struggle with the most in life. Look, let's just be really real. There are just some people that are easier for us. And there are some people that are just consistently hard. And I want you to know, I've really, really done this work and I have found it to be some of the most important work I've probably ever done because those people don't change. And the really crazy part is they're not supposed to change because if they were supposed to be different, they would be. And Hashem wouldn't have put them in your life. So that means if they're there and they're driving you nuts, this is your work. And the work that you do there will affect you everywhere. And even if it doesn't affect you anywhere else, it will be a huge source of negativity in your life, eradicated. So let's do that together today. Okay. So I'm going to give you my four tools, supposed to be the manual the mindset and one of my favorite, favorite tools from Ilana Kendall, who's been on the podcast before. Okay. Number one, this is a super simple tool and you might resist it at first, probably because it sounds so simple, but the tool is literally saying this is what's supposed to be. Or if that's even too much of a stretch for you saying to yourself, this is what is so let's say someone comes to your table and you're trying to have a really spiritual Pesach Seder and they just keep bringing up nasty gossip about people and you're just so grossed out by it. Okay. So what do we do initially is we like go into the space of like, this is not what you're supposed to be doing at a Seder. This is not what's supposed to be. We just take out our boxing gloves and we go to town on reality. Right. And I don't know if you've had this experience, but I remember one time catching myself like energetically willing the person to change. Right. Like I wasn't saying anything at the table. If you looked at me, I probably even looked pretty calm. I wasn't saying anything. But when I checked in with my body, there was so much tension as if if I pushed hard enough internally, energetically, the person would stop doing what they're doing, which of course is ridiculous. But check yourself. You've probably done the same thing. Just saying you know what, this gossip at my table, I don't have to like it. I don't have to condone it, but it is happening. It is. And to go level two is, and clearly this is what's supposed to be happening for me. 
right now at this table because it is. Um, my husband edits the podcast, so he can delete this if he doesn't want to share. His example would be the grape juice or the wine in the kid's hand, which is for sure going to be all over his white shirt by the time the Seder is over. That's clearly what was supposed to be. So what does this do? Does this change the person? No. Does this enact or enforce boundaries? No. Does this tell you what to say? No. What it does is it takes out all that emotional resistance, which burns so much energy and doesn't actually produce anything. Am I saying that you have to suddenly start saying everyone can do whatever they want at my table? No. But as I've said to you before, and I will keep hammering at home because I think it's really, really hard for us to see this when we're in it. You don't find solutions when you're resisting the reality of what's happening right now. You will not have a good idea of how to deal with the person gossiping at your table if you're so busy thinking she shouldn't be doing that. Either you're going to blow your top or you're going to sit there silently fuming and then you're going to go gossip about her later, right? You're going to totally mimic the exact behavior you hate. That's what's going to happen. So when we cling to this idea of like, I need to hold on to my standards or my expectations for people, what we actually end up doing is putting ourselves into park. We put ourselves into a very stuck place. So that's the tool. It's counterintuitive, but go for it. It's amazing. Oh, my brain thinks this shouldn't be happening right now. But literally the fact that it's happening means it's supposed to be happening right now. And I don't have to love it, but this is the reality that I'm in right now. Okay. That's number one, supposed to be. Number two is the manual. I've spoken about this a couple of times on the podcast, but the idea of a manual, and we talk about this all the time. If you're not inside of how to glow, you're crazy. <laughs> Get in there today. Kayla11.com forward slash coaching, because you need to know how to use the manual and how to get rid of your manuals. The manual is this invisible and very heavy rule book we carry around about every relationship in our life, how your husband's supposed to be, how your kids are supposed to be, how your employees are supposed to be, how your boss is supposed to be, how your mother's supposed to be, how your mother-in-law, how you are supposed to be. And we just beat ourselves over the head with that manual all day long whenever people aren't behaving or complying according to our invisible set of rules, which we never actually picked. We just kind of gravitationally collected them as we went through our life. Catching yourself in a manual. Oh, my manual for how a husband's supposed to run a Seder. My manual for how my husband's supposed to behave as a son-in-law at my parents' house. My manual for how my mother-in-law is supposed to welcome me or deal with my children. That's my manual. And the thing is, our manuals are all subjective. If they weren't, we would all follow them, all of us, all each other's, and there would never be any conflict. The reason there's conflict is that different people have different manuals because we all have different life experiences. So when I, it's very similar to number one, but it's really thinking of it in terms of the relationship and my ideas and expectations about a relationship. I like to teach that expectations, even if we want to call them healthy expectations, doesn't make them healthy <laughs> just because we put the word there. <laughs> It's like me saying, like, I'm, this just came up in a coaching call. And it was like cracking me up. She's like, what about healthy expectations of my husband? I'm like, well, look at what's happening with your healthy expectations. It's like me saying, like, I'd like to have some healthy Oreos for breakfast. Like it doesn't make them healthy. Yeah. All right. So expectations are for subordinates. Expectations are for some of you are going to really cringe and I'm using this in the same context for children. Expectations are for teaching someone how they can succeed with you, what you expect of them. They're not for your husband. 
how inappropriate of expectations of your husband. I, I don't want my husband showing up to me being like, Kayla, here's my list of expectations for you. Gross, right? For some reason, women think we could do that for our husbands. I don't get it. I don't know. And then we're like, oh, how come he's my third child? Like, yeah, because you treat him like one, right? So expectations are our manual. And they're just so inappropriate. It's so inappropriate to have expectations of other people. They're human beings and they do not answer to you. They don't have to be according to your rule book. And we create so much drama for ourselves with these manuals. We create so much agony and anguish. And to me, the biggest tragedy of all is that when I'm so busy comparing my husband to my manual for him or my mother-in-law to my manual for her or my child to my manual for him, I don't get to experience that human being. I do not get to connect to that person. I am only seeing the discrepancy between my expectations, yes, even for children, and the human being in front of me. That's a tragedy. That's a huge, huge loss. There are ways to get your needs met. There are ways to take care of yourself. Nobody in my program ends up saying, I am, I've just sacrificed all my goals for myself or all my standards. That is not what we do. What we do is we learn how to do it effectively. Expectations, manuals, and resistance are not effective ways to take care of yourself and to create the life that you want. They're just not. I'm not going to like mince words about that. So you see yourself in a manual. I just imagine myself walking off to a very high repressa, a very high porch and dropping the manual off the porch. That's it. I'm done with the manual. I quit. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Catch myself in a manual again, walk out to my imaginary porch, drop it again a hundred times a day if I need to. You know why? That's easier than what I will create for myself if I hang on to it, if I cling to it like it's my little blankie. The manual has never been your friend. There's a whole other conversation about manuals for ourselves. It's super deep. Maybe we'll get to it one day. We talk about it inside the program all the time. So again, you should have FOMO if you don't already. <laughs> it's brutal with you guys. But manual for ourselves, that's a whole other bag of tricks. So we're not going to talk about that today because that's not so much about not killing people this Pesach. Okay. Next one is your mindset. And the mindset that I want to encourage you to adopt when you're really, it's just like sometimes things just get so ridiculous and maybe it won't for Pesach. Who knows? Some of you are going to have a nice calm time. Invite me to your hotel. Um, so it's be so ridiculous that like, it's almost like you can't be stressed anymore. You could just move the bar to that and like do that sooner. You know what I mean? It's like, as long as we think we could create control over the situation, then we're stressed. And then as soon as we realize like, oh, this is way beyond my ability to control, then we just get to laugh and relax, move the bar down, go to that place earlier. Cause the truth is you were never in control. We just have more of an illusion sometimes. So what is that? That is sort of seeing the whole situation as the comedy of errors. Like, oh my gosh, at my table, I have this type of person and this type of person, and they're totally going to fight with each other. And one of them might be my husband and the other one might be my mother. And kind of hilarious. Like, I'm not going to be mean. I'm not going to laugh in their face, but like internally I could be like, oh, look at everyone having their little life journey. And it's so interesting. And look at these personalities and they clash and they don't. And I just sort of remove myself from the ability from the illusion of the ability to fix anything, to control anything, because the truth is how other people interact with each other is completely out of my lane, totally. And I can be there to empathize and I can be there to support and I can be there to say all the good things and to have so much ayin tova on everyone. And I also don't have to take it all so seriously. 
another way of thinking about it is like being sort of an anthropology student. I love this one. This one totally works for my like, you know, psychology brain that loves to geek out on this stuff. Is I'm like, oh, interesting. Let's see, like this is sort of like a 60 year old, you know, let's say I have like my aunt. They're like my 65 year old aunt interacting with this 12 year old Israeli girl, like like what's happening from her cultural experience and her lived experience and this child's like lived experience and cultural experience and like all the things, all the places where these will clash. And let's just sort of see that play out. Right. Like, and it might not even be with clashing, but it just allows me to get to the space where I am not trying to jump into the pit. I'm just sort of in this place of like, Oh yeah. They, why would that person think that having this conversation at my Pesach Seder is appropriate? Like what, what's going on for her? Not like, why does she think that? Which really means she's crazy. But I mean, like, no, really what's, what's from her background? Like what's different? She, let's say was born two decades before me. So she has a completely different life experience, a completely different set of, you know, of, of experiences to draw upon and creating her values and her ideas. And like, what does she think gossip means? And obviously she doesn't think this is gossip. So like what's driving her, what's exciting to her about this. I don't understand. This is so interesting. Just like studying them from that place can also release some of that drive to control or kill <laughs> anyone. All right. And then the last one that I want to offer you from Ilana Kendall, which I think I've referred back to this a couple of times. Um, I'm going to link her book, Choosing Up in the show notes, which she gives this as one of, in one of her essays inside that book, which is which genre are we in? This is so cute. Like, you know, watching my Seder or watching the cleaning before or watching the holomoid activity that went completely nuts. Cause guys, by the way, in case anyone needs to hear this, it's supposed to go wrong at some point. If it doesn't go wrong, like Davin, like, I hope you're okay. like <laughs> something, something is supposed to go wrong. It's supposed to, that's like the plan, right? I guess don't resist the reality. If it doesn't go wrong, like the reality is it's going to go wrong. Something's not going to go according to plan. That's just how these things happen. Right. And when that moment happens or when you just catch yourself in a tizzy asking yourself, which genre are we in? Like, would I cast this as like the, the, the plot thickens part of the rom-com or is this like, you know, are we in like a Looney Tunes cartoon or are we like in like some kind of, you know, outer space, like sci-fi adventure? Like what is happening? Is this like a film noir? Like what genre are we in right now? Great way to kind of break that mental tension for yourself. I'm going to sneak in one last one. Cause I think this is really important. There is a limitation to mindset. The limitation to mindset is when you are in your lower brain, you can access these tools because you're, these tools all exist in your prefrontal cortex. I want you to kick in this, these tools earlier. Okay. Making yourself laugh, coming up with something like that. They could cut, maybe, maybe it'll pop into your mind and it'll sort of pull you back into prefrontal. But, I, but if we can keep ourselves from getting so triggered that we're now in that fight or flight and the adrenaline is racing and we're like, or freeze or fawn or anything that they keep adding on, right? Um, we're not in that lower brain place. We can use any of these things to kind of keep us in prefrontal, lighten the mood and keep us from moving down. Cause really what is so much, creates so much tension is when we sort of feel like we're, we, we have to prepare for battle and there's like literally no battle happening. It's just people behaving the way that they behave. And so when you're in lower brain, when you feel activated or triggered, what I want to offer you is to do something physical. Okay. Don't try to access a new thought in that moment. 
get outside, go for a walk. Even if you just like literally stick your head out the window for a minute, as long as you're not like on a high floor, right. You know, stick your head out the window and get some fresh air, go for a walk, um, run up and down the stairs two times, go in your room into some jumping jacks, take long, deep breaths, do something physical. This is clearly researched that this will help you move out of lower brain back into your prefrontal cortex. Essentially you're back online and then you're in a place where you can make really good decisions. Okay. So if you do get to a point where you really feel yourself feeling triggered, just know that the solution for that intense physical experience is a physical response. What can I do physically for myself? It will bring me back online. Okay. And just to understand that the reason that's happening is that your brain has misinterpreted what's going on as something that requires a survival response. And that happens all the time, right? If you've ever, you know, let's say someone like calls you out in public, like most people would have a survival response, but that's not actually life-threatening, right? And so again, physical reaction requires a physical response. So those are my surprise five tools that I'm offering you today for how to not kill anyone this Pesach. Please let me know um, that you succeeded. <laughs> I hope it goes well for you all. And if you know anyone or you hear someone over Cholomoid or over Pesach, I guess not over, like don't send this over Pesach, but if you, you know, you're having a conversation with someone or you've had a conversation with someone who's really, really struggling to just keep it together, send them this episode, give them this break, you know, just send it to them over WhatsApp or, or email or call them and tell them the easiest way for them to access it is to go to bit.ly bit.ly forward slash glow podcast. It'll be linked here in the show notes and just help them out with some tools that they can use to just lower the emotional temperature and enjoy themselves because since we're not in control anyway, we might as well enjoy the ride. Instead of our regular Thursday episode next week, because that's going to be right in the middle of Pesach, I'm going to be releasing you for you a little mini pep talk early next week. So I will catch you one more time over here before Pesach, and then I will see you on the other side. Okay. See you soon. Bye. Hey there, Kayla here. If you've been loving the podcast, I want to invite you into my monthly coaching program, How to Glow. We take all the work here and go much deeper into our expectations of our husbands, our understanding of our husbands, ourselves, by the way, our intimate lives. We even extend it out to anything else you want coaching on, your parenting, your finances, your health. Get ongoing support, live weekly coaching, and access to my best courses for only $49 a month. I would love to coach you inside. Registration is open now. Sign up at kaylalevin.com forward slash coaching. Isn't this the best time to start?